But it's so important because it's not fair to the leaders and it's not fair to your children. And if you choose to leave the church out of this and you go, don't want to grow, I mean go, <laughs> you know, who's, the, who's, who's really suffering the most? Your child. I'm a parent so I can talk like this, you know, and kids don't come with instructions, I know, and life happens. But even in here, as grown adults, God is calling us to grow to something higher. Why would that be any different in the other ministries that happen on the same day? They share the same vision as FCC, to teach, reach, and connect. That's what we're trying to do in those rooms as well, too. So please, today was the day, and I appreciate your focus on this. We are starting a series. The series is called, or the title is called, Life for Eternity. So we're going to continue on the sober trail here today. But I trust it's going to get ministered to you. Um, the anchor idea for today is the following. Do we put more value on things that are calling our attention that are temporary things? Or as Christ followers, do we see greater value in other things that may hold more eternal value? Our anchored scripture, or scriptures, is out of John 17. I would encourage you as homework, yes, homework, if you'd like, between now and next Sunday, um, read John 17. But read, if you have already know it, read it again. It's basically Jesus and his disciples finishing up the last sapa, super, supper, depending what kind of area you're from, Rhode Island or Mass in your language, but supper. It's the last supper. They're finishing up the last supper. So it's really Jesus' last time to collectively have the full attention of all his disciples before he goes to the cross. And he has this prayer that is one of his most meaningful prayers, again, before the cross. We're going to start off on John 17. Uh, I know I think I told the uh, booth to just go to 1, but if we can go to 1 and 3. This is the beginning of... Uh, the, excuse me, it's in the middle of the prayer, but he's, Jesus is looking to his Father. You can, nope, 17 to 1, I'm sorry. 17, 1 through 3. Jesus says, after Jesus said these things, Jesus looked up to the heaven. So he's beginning his prayer and said, Father, the hour has come. Imagine hearing that in that room disciples that have followed him they've heard that this is going to happen but now Jesus is confirming it in his prayer with his father glorify your son so he can give glory back to you continue for you have given him authority over everything he gives eternal life to one to each one who have given to him meaning us believers coming in and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So in this series, we're talking about eternity and eternal life. It's really more than just a mindset that we set every day. It's more of a spiritual compass we need to be aware of in our hearts and soul and minds. 
You know, a compass goes, I don't have to teach it, right? We know this compass points to what? North, come on, we can west, east, south, right? But I believe a spiritual compass certainly shows you where you are, but it's also sensitive to the more eternal things around you and who's around you at that time. Spiritual compass, the magnetic force of that spiritual compass is driven by what God values every day and not what we value. So we deal with this truth that eternity is waiting for us at all time. Amen. Exciting, right? Come on. Whether you follow Christ, never heard of Christ, swear at Christ, wherever you are in that spectrum, eternity faces us if we are in this physical life. It's, it's really amazing how <laughs> we tend to worry. We just talked about fear earlier. We tend to worry about things that don't really have much eternal weight. Daily we do this. And in some instances, those things we worry about bring us to the edge that may even determine our eternity sooner than later. Whether well, stress, health issues that are caused on by just worrying about things or spending too much time in temporary things. So in this series, we're going to hit on the following thing. We're going to talk, as I said earlier, eternal life, eternity, uh, our humanity. We can say that in church. Our purpose, His presence, the good news that we actually have. And we have a king in waiting for us. We do. We do. I want to do this example, hopefully I do this correctly, to kind of give an idea of eternity. No, don't worry, I'm leaving. I didn't give up. Um, Bruce, all right. I didn't originate this, but I'm going to take it. Can you hold that? And you just stand over there. We're not doing a major jump rope thing here. All right. Just for physical or visual purposes, this is eternity. This is eternity. This is eternity. You know where your life is? I didn't get to play with markers much growing up, so... That's your life. From a scale, it's just one wall to the next. But just, gra- just kind of let that sink in. That our life is here. The 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe even 100 years is right here. This little red dot. And we focus on all these things here. But yet, we have an eternity there. You can drop it. Thank you, Bruce. So there's a difference between, I want to talk about eternity versus eternal life. And we're going to focus highly on eternal life. We sang a lot about it this morning, too. But eternity, uh, just to reference scriptures, and if I don't misquote it, hopefully. So eternity here is talking more about a place. You have in uh, Matthew where Jesus says... um, Not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord 
is going to come into the kingdom of heaven. That's eternity, kingdom of heaven, right? Kingdom of heaven. But if you do his Father's will, you can enter. You have in uh, John 11, I believe, where Jesus is coming back. He heard Lazarus has passed away, his friend, and we sang a little bit about that. And Martha comes running out and saying, uh, Lazarus is, is dead. And he says, well, he's sleeping. And he will rise. And Martha says, no, I know, I know. He'll rise at the end of the day, you know, the end of the time. What would religion had spoken at that point? But he says, no, no, Martha. I am the resurrection, the life. And who believes in me will never die. And if, I, if you are in me, you will have eternal life. That scripture right there is talking about eternal things. See, eternal things connect us to heaven in this physical realm. And I hope in this series that we understand that are we aware of how many eternal things are around us that we miss because we're focused on too many temporary things. Temporary things. Does that make sense a little bit? But keep in mind... Eternity is a place. Eternal things has to do with presence of our realm. But there are two types of eternity, right? Jesus talks about uh, one eternity. I think in Matthew was about a blazing furnace for those who do not do my Father's will. When I think of the, the, the adjective of blazing, I think very sustainable furnace. Obviously, he's talking about, and we can talk about this in church, hell. Right? That's real. That's eternity too. So as I mentioned, eternity awaits us no matter what. For those who do not have a relationship with Jesus, we know this as good Christians, you will spend eternity in hell. But if we accept Christ into our life and do our Father's will and have a relationship with Him because we're believing and following a being that is eternal life, Jesus, we will have eternity in heaven. It is a sobering thought. (laughs) One of the things we can hang our hat on because there's all these doctrinal things and versions of Scripture of, you know, heaven, what's it going to be, hell, and, da, 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 and all this. One thing we can hang our hat on, and I'm trying to draw you into the idea of eternal things and eternity, is eternity is not subject to time. It does not, it's not governed by time. And it's hard since we're chained to time every day to actually believe this. I believe, and I think it's scriptural too, and maybe others believe too, that time actually began immediately when Adam and Eve sinned. Absorb that. And the presence of God was compromised in Eden. Death was activated. Physical death's clock began to tick for you and I. We put hours on these clocks and on our watches to manage basically a deterioration of sin in the world. (laughs) In Revelations, Jesus talks about coming back, which we'll talk more about next week. 
but he tries to articulate the idea of time to us humans by saying, I am the Alpha and Omega. I was here before the beginning, and I'll be here until this end of time as well. So time is no other than a management tool to manage our lives. Exciting, huh? (laughs) It can also keep you on time to things too, but that's a whole other thing. But to understand that when we think of eternity, through our natural understanding of our, because we're subject to time every day, it's a whole other level of no time. You see, we know that in eternity the Trinity's there because they're not governed by time either. Because there's no sin. Sin started the clock. So there's many different religions and beliefs about what happens when we die, just to paraphrase, you know, due to the clock of time here. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have, you have some that believe they're going to hang out in a cave in purgatory when they die. No disrespect, but it's an idea. Uh, you can be reincarnated as a bee or a flea if you killed one of them. You can come back there too, you know. There's no eternity. You just come back to the earth over and over and over again. Or the atheist. Bless their heart. They have a lot of faith. They really do. Where they believe, when I die, take my last breath, everything stops for me. There's no eternity, no existence, no reason even to be judged. There's nothing. We just stop. Some folks, you may know some well, want to just roll the dice. Live life and just roll the dice. Mostly because an unknown is best managed by keeping it unknown still. (laughs) Not facing it, right? It's a subject that nobody can avoid. Eternity. People even lean to uh, disturbing spirits. Seances, different things like that in the afterlife. To feel that they have more control or less fear over maybe what's out there beyond their physical realm. But as Christians, we can hold fast this following scripture. And it was Paul in 2 Corinthians. He said on 2 Corinthians 4.8, So we do not look at the troubles we can see now. That would be what? Temporary, right? Rather, we fixed our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Whoa, sounds eternal to me. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Paul is encouraging believers, Christians, to hold fast even if death came sooner than you thought. Again, eternity waits for no one. (laughs) Even in time to gather our possessions. You've heard that joke that in funerals you never see a hearse hooked up to a U-Haul trailer, right? Sobering things, but true. Sobering things. We tend to work so hard in our life to sustain temporary things, sometimes unintentionally or intentionally. And it happens because we don't have our spiritual compass on what our true north is in life. 
you know, just recently or over time. I mean, I'm 51, so it's been happening for a long time. But when uh, a public figure, a celebrity, you know, comes close to death or dies or some evil act happens where many people die or even one person dies is enough or war breaks out, as a culture or nation, we tend to pause. But we don't pause very long. We pause until the next thing happens of somebody coming close to eternity. You know, just that recent one was uh, the football player, Damar Hamlin, right? I don't know if any of you were watching that game, Bengals, and it's okay to talk about football. Patriots aren't around anymore. But the Bengals and the Bills had that game. I was watching it somehow late that night. I don't know why, but... And there you have a young man just collapse on a field. Collapse on a field. And I was looking at the, as many of us were, looking at the expressions of the other football players. Here you had 20 and 30-year-olds facing the idea that their colleague might enter eternity on a football field. Suddenly scores and standings didn't matter. Eternity did to them. And praise God that he's doing well and a nation prayed for him. What a great testimony of God's faithfulness of doing that. But we unpaused from that. I had to remind you, some of you, of that. Right? Or just, unfortunately, the recent killing of Trey Nichols. Evil, evil, unleashed by some trusted people. We'll unpause for that again soon. You know, faith aside, don't worry, I'm not getting going rogue here, but faith aside, how can we think every day, and I've thought this for years, how can we think every day that this is it? Because there's so much purpose around us. So much purpose. And so many things to be thankful for that when we die, that's just it. Why would we be created? Well, for some agnostics or atheists, why would you create yourself? To just have be forced to an end? Hasta la vista, baby, that's it? Tough stuff, but real stuff. Eternity, we have to keep certainly as Christ followers in our forefront, not our spiritual compass. So having a bad day and losing my peace because I went through the drive through and I left and I noticed my french fries were not in the bag that I paid for. It's funny, but some of you may turn around, go back through the drive-thru to yell at this person. What does the eternal weight in any of that have to do with anything that's important? Certainly as a Christ follower. What does it? But some of us have done that. putting eternal value on the things that happen. So how do we apply this idea of keeping eternity our true north? Well, as many other things, as Christ followers, we have His Spirit in us, right? Which is part of the Holy Spirit. So you need to dialogue with the Holy Spirit daily because the Holy Spirit is that connection to those eternal and eternity things. 
Notice I said dialogue. I learned this the other day was something we were learning as a staff. Dialogue is a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. So when you're talking, listen, because he'll speak to you. He will speak. In your daily moments, value moments more. Not that they're going to be your last, but what is eternally weighted right now that I'm working with. So you don't miss moments that may be able to share your faith with somebody else or a loved one that you were mad at for a temporary thing. Don't let temporary things guide you more than eternal things. You can't. And above all, no matter if it's french fries or an angry uncle or just having a bad day, don't lose your peace. When you begin to lose your peace, you will lose your focus. You will lose your focus. All right, let's talk about humanity. It's really the start of how God started this all human race. In Genesis 2.27, you don't have to go there. You know, we know that the bodies, our bodies came from the dust and dirt of this earth. It's scriptural. So some of you people that are scared of dirt, it came from it. And then the key here is that God breathed his life into Adam and he became a human being. A human being. With this life, God was aware of it, came our humanity. There is no eternity to one if there is no humanity to us all. God designed pure humanity to help us relate to Him, believe it or not. Our humanity includes our soul, mind, emotions, will, and body. Pretty much everything but our spirit. He knew our humanity would provide some limits that in turn would help us rely on Him. Not in a slave start way of servant to a master, but a wanting, as us as human beings, wanting to rely on Him through our humanity. We've known this if we've been in the Word, been in the Christian for a long. Relationship is what God's after, not religion. And he wants us to benefit from his design. He created a whole earth. He let Adam name some things. Come on. So he wanted us to enjoy this planet as well too. That was the original design. One of the most important gifts to our humanity is a free will though. Free will was the gem of Eden. That's what kept things together to some degree, that relationship. But when the serpent leveraged the limits of humans, again Adam and Eve, and said, there must be something more for you. The will began, began to entertain, again, Adam and Eve, entertain something better that never existed. And the fall happened. Adam and Eve tried to own their limits that was part of their humanity to help manage their limits. And I think we've done that ever since. I can eat off that tree of good and evil because I know my limits. We can handle it, because I know my limits. When we recognize our limits, that's when God begins to work in our life, and our spirits connect to Him as Christ followers. 
We begin to, when we begin to try and control more things instead of surrender more things in our life, God can't work in our life. It's not original design. Another great part of humanity is the nature that we are more like each other than different. It's how we can relate together as human beings. God designed that. So humanity is a good thing, but when we forget the limits, as I said, we tend to get more selfish and don't see each other the way God sees us. It's good to know those limits, but have a great awareness of something greater, which is your creator, God. But it's important to know it's okay in your humanity to relate to one another. It's a God-designed. A God-designed. And also, I'm sure it makes God laugh over time when we trip up in our humanity or just do something stupid. We know Jesus had some humanity to him too, right? It is quiet in this house. It's not sacrilegious to say that. I will prove it. John 1, 14. You have that? Yes. So the Word became human. I don't see any legs on this thing. The Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father only and only the Son. We do know it's talking about the word Jesus, right? So when we hear people say, only preach the word, I'm going to preach Jesus. Yeah, that's part of it, right? So Jesus had to carry some humility. Some of those limits as humanity are things that we'll just do, like I said, trying to control things. Whether our emotions take the best of us, we think thoughts that we shouldn't, or make dumb decisions sometimes. But don't be shocked if that happens. (laughs) It's part of your humanity. I've heard... Some Christians say, don't say I'm only human. That's partially true. The Holy Spirit in you makes you above human. In spiritual sensitivity, what we're talking about today, internal things. But you can't forget you have some humanity to us. Because if you discount an extreme of that statement and you have no humanity... How are we going to relate to those around us? How are we going to relate to those around us? You can be so heavenly minded, eating frosted flakes, that you are no earthly good to anybody around you. God gave you a soul. And to say, I'm not human, don't say, that's, that's not scriptural. You look at Jesus. I mean, the compassion he had for others was on a human level that attracted them to him. 
the crowds that cultivated around him, there had to have been some human level for them to be attracted to him. Even Jesus in the garden, before he went to the cross, showed a sign of humanity, crying in blood. Lord, God, Father, let this cup pass if I don't have to do that. We talked about Lazarus earlier. Uh, there's pretty much, I think, one part in the Bible where Jesus wept. That was over his friend Lazarus. He wept, cried, cried. Those are human components. But we need to understand that our humanity is not to be self-served for ourselves, but it's to be working with our Holy Spirit so we can give God the glory every day of our life and listen to what His plan is in our life. As we get older, (laughs) part of that humanity begins to perish. Our body, our hair on our heads, in other places, everything. We are perishing every day. Again, back to sin and time. So be very careful, especially as believers, to begin to idolize your physical body more than eternal things. Meaning begin to exercise that extra mile, nip, tuck something that you feel you got to tuck, face, lift some face that you need to lift. Those can become idols. Be careful. Again, I am not against exercise and personal hygiene. My wife says amen. And running a mile too, but it can become an idol if we're not too careful. And those are temporary things, guys. So temporary. So temporary. So how can we be more sensitive to our humanity in a good way? You know, and don't tuck it under a pillow or something. Hug a politician. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, In your prayer time, come to the throne of grace with transparency and honesty. Saying, Lord, I have this going on, but your word says this. Holy Spirit, bring this together. Don't pray that you're a victim of something. Pray that you're surrendering something. Because in that surrender, God can come with you through the Holy Spirit to bring you in line with his word. But be honest where you are. Be honest with you are. Keep your humanity in front of you when you're talking and engaging with other folks around you. My gosh. How are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed, saved. And the person isn't even a Christian. It's like, what did you just mean? You know, let's, let's relate. Let God do the connecting of dots. Again, we need to confess that. Please, I'm not going to extreme. But let's be real with people in front of us. Because they're probably going through something that if your spiritual compass is set... You will be sensitive to that through the Holy Spirit. And you can say, hey, you know, Bill, I used to fight that. I went through that stuff. But you know what? There are better days ahead if you're trusting in God and believing what he can do for you. Can I pray for you right now? Not when I leave. Can I pray for you right now? Be sensitive. That humanity is connecting him, and then the Spirit will take over from there. (laughs) In the last three years, I wondered if some, and again, I'm growing in this too, I wondered if some Christians could not even be successful in an audience of one. It was like, you just, why do I even want to be associated with what you're trying to do? Let's reach people where they are. That's what Jesus did. He didn't sit and wait in a temple for people to come. He went out to meet their needs. But he had to relate to their needs through part of his humanity. Humanity. We understand, and I'm growing in this too, and be able to laugh at yourself from time to time. You'll find me doing that even in front of you. 
Laugh at yourself. Put value on that eternity thing. Another thing to talk about before we end, when we're thinking of eternity and eternal things that we can experience while we're here on earth. Um, But most of those eternal things, when they start manifesting in our life, is when we're in the lane of divine purpose of what we're called to do. You see, back in John 17, uh, it's such a rich prayer where Jesus is, again, talking to his Father and then also including his disciples in this prayer. From this prayer we find it's the experience of eternal life that can really happen on earth because Jesus is praying to his Father that his disciples experience this. And then he talks about that this will come about, like I said, when they start following his, his purpose. When you focus on eternity more, and we see Jesus doing that, where he said earlier, you know, I want to glorify you so you can glorify me. This is one of the biggest things we begin to see the Trinity starting to come together in front of our eyes. And it's so important to be aware of this Trinity. As we move forward in our church, and I know we've said it, we are going to know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No disrespect, but it really, some other churches got it better than our charismatic churches have it. Because they all have a position of something. And all those positions, when they come together, they serve us so we can do his will in the earth. You guys with me still? I know it's not an exciting message. I'm almost done. So Jesus is praying again at the end of his prayer. He, he talks about the oneness of him and his father. And then uh, he talks about how we can be one with each other. Because if we're one with Jesus... I'm growing in what I'm about to say, but at the end of every day, there's two choices when we believe in God. Are we believing our purpose is to become more like Christ or to be a Christian? To be like Christ is to do what he's done when he was on this planet. And in this prayer that we're in John 17, he is saying we can do that. We can do what he did. It's not an unattainable thing. But we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And we need to connect that, commit that we want to do that. See, when we commit to actually becoming more like Christ, God commits all his resources to us to help us become like Christ. But he won't commit until we commit. And that comes out of the Trinity. It's a process. Your Christian walk... Your Christ following is a process. But trust in the process. Trust in the process. We don't get to be here long. We don't. But if I know my purpose, each day is newer than the past day. Just to paraphrase some of John 17 before we get close to ending here due to time. So in this same prayer, again, you guys are going to read this during the week, but John 17, 
Jesus shifts from praying to his Father. He begins to call for that unity, as we talked about. And they were hearing, these disciples were hearing that the Father was going to glorify Jesus. And that Jesus and the Father, their wills were combining and intertwining. And those in the room were learning that Jesus was praying to his Father also, as I said earlier, that they were going to become one. That we love one another just as Christ has loved us. I know we know it, but do we do it? He even talks about Jesus in this prayer is like, and we want everyone to love one another, these disciples, and even more that will come. I imagine being a disciple in that room, wondering what the number of more was, the movement that they started when Christ, after he was resurrected in Acts. I mean, the 3,000 got saved in Acts. And the thousands and millions of people that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, starting with that prayer and the disciples in that room. I don't think they could imagine that. Jesus also said, as we become one, I can ask the Father to keep these disciples protected as they deliver the same message, part of our purpose. That the world would, that, that we need them also to be protected because the world does not know who I am and keep them comforted because they will be hated just as I was hated. And know that others, as we said, are waiting to hear this good news as well. So Jesus in that prayer is purpose-driven too. You have the unity that's being formed that we're learning. And then you have, hey, the disciples are not going to the cross with Jesus. They're still here. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to carry on the message and do what Jesus did and become more like Christ. At the end of the prayer, John 17, 25, 26, if you can put that up. Jesus finishes this prayer in that chapter. He says, O righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them through my spirit. Our ultimate lean into our lives right now, from today to when we die, is to glorify God the way Jesus did. If you're a Christ follower, and follow his lead. The Holy Spirit will allow us to enter into his righteousness that was bought and paid for so we can become more like Christ. And so we can be seen in a good, different way to the world around us, not in a bad, different way. So we can be the salt and the light that Jesus spoke about earlier. We need to have love for each other, part of that unity. And that love brings God's love to us to have for others who don't know the gospel right now. Some of us get anxious and don't see that protection that Jesus prayed and saying, I am your disciple, Lord. I don't have that protection. Things are happening in my life. I don't have that peace. I don't have that comfort. Well, in a very nice way, I ask, if you're not experiencing it, it all starts with what happened at the beginning of the prayer, and it was unity. It all goes back to unity. Are, you, are your wills unified with God's will? Symptoms of that would be obedience and maturity that grows together. 
I'm growing in this too. I'm not all there yet. And then unity between each other. So some of the things that we're not experiencing as spiritual elements, excuse me, eternal elements in our life probably start because we're not unified in things. Unity doesn't mean we agree on anything. This is a whole other message. But we know we're here for a greater purpose than ourselves, to come together, to come together and trust in in that purpose. So, as an application, as again we get ready to close, how many times do they say we're going to close? We're getting there. <laughs> how do we apply this purpose? And again, it's a process. Trust it, as I said. Again, as I said earlier, recognize the Trinity, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and what roles they have in your physical life now. At sometimes you, and you've heard Pastor John say this, another pastors here, you will have to die to yourself in this process at some point. Not lose your humanity, but surrender it at times. There's a song that I will not sing. It says, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have this old world. Just give me Jesus. At the end of the day, that's all we need. Temporary things are distractions. Eternal things are so important. Begin to reach out to people you don't like. That'll test your purpose. With the grace of God, try to relate to them. Pray for them. That'll exhibit purpose. Some of our purpose doesn't come out in action until we step out. God's waiting for you through the Holy Spirit and the purpose will manifest from there. So today again we talked about we knew eternity with this rope is a destination. Eternal elements are things that we can experience, presence of things we can experience that are attached to our eternity. And as believers, as Christ followers, we need to be experiencing that more and more in our life. Not just for ourselves to make us feel any better, but for others around us to exhibit and glorify God. To exhibit and glorify God. So don't get frustrated with temporary things. (laughs) Easier said than done. But if we follow our purpose and walk it out, it can be done. It can be done. These are some sobering things. You know, we've heard 10 out of 10 doctors say we will all die at some point. That comes from those weird medical commercials. Eight out of ten doctors said, you know, ten out of, you're going to die at some point. If Christ is not returning, we're going to talk about that next week, you are going to die. But if we're walking in these eternal elements and knowing our eternal life comes from Christ, when it does happen, it's a simple transfer of positioning to our eternity in heaven. Eternity in heaven. Let's stand up and let's pray. I know this has been kind of a sobering message, but follow me along. The Holy Spirit just spoke to me. (laughs) Heavenly Father, 
We are honored to be able to communicate and relate with you, Father God. You made the perfect design. We are beautifully and wonderfully and crafted made. Lord, let this message sink deep and begin to cultivate in the days ahead. That the things we think about and worry about and try to manage, if they're not eternal things, what weight should they put on our soul? Let us focus on you and know that your perfect union with the Trinity that you have created. Father, we honor you every day when we wake up for what you have done and will continue to do in your great design. Jesus, you're not only our Savior, but you are our Lord, Father God. And we worship you. You are to be worshipped. And through you, we find eternal life. Holy Spirit, let us hear from you daily in our lives. Help us set that spiritual compass so we know our true north, Lord, of where you're directing. So our sensitivity to you, Holy Spirit, is a greater awareness than ever before. To hear in those moments that we have daily of what's really important. Lord, let us never lose our peace and use that word never as we continue to strive for that. But also give us that grace in our humanity, Lord. And let us laugh at ourselves when we see some of that exhibited. Jesus, we thank you for what you did on that cross to provide us eternal life. Thank you for loving us so beautifully. Lord, as we continue on today, let your love prevail and your spirit move in our lives. And let us rest, come what may, but let us rest in your almighty power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So next week we're going to jump back in. We're going to talk about uh, the presence of God because it's very, (laughs) it's pretty much the anchor of how we experience eternal life while we're here. Again, we're going to talk about the good news. I know you know about it, but do you really... Let's talk about how it relates to our eternity, internal things here. And then, as I said earlier, we have a king that's awaiting for us. He's waiting to return, but he's also waiting us to relate to him. I can't leave without this. If you do not, all this Trinity stuff and Jesus and God, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I mean, you have not accept a free gift of salvation in your life. So you can have eternity in heaven and not hell. If that's you, come up after service if you would. I'd like to pray for you. There's a prayer team here. We just wanted to do a quick prayer and just let you know that receiving this gift begins a relationship like you never will know before in your life where you can walk in victory and find purpose like we talked about earlier. Thank you for your attention today. I do ask that we slowly exit today. What the Holy Spirit was telling me a minute ago is uh, there is an EMT in the, in the uh, driveway right here trying to put somebody into the, into the ambulance. So please just, I know Pastor Ray is going to